On the show, sombre scenes in Adelaide media. We'll open up on the savage staff cuts at Channel 10 and Nova Entertainment, impacting hundreds in the industry. And it looks like there's a new Sloan Ranger riding into Adelaide. That's all coming up next on The Press Box. A great welcome to you wherever you're tuning into the Press Box. We always love having you on board with us. Sam Tugwell speaking, Dale Fletcher with us, as well as Jace Kemp. Another week, plenty of sport going around, I can tell you, but mm. there's a lot more to Adelaide news and media, which uh, we'll dive into very, very shortly as I welcome both of you to the show this week. Um, yeah, it won't be a sporting show as much as anything uh, this week. Guys, how are you? Uh, I'm fine, but uh, um, I, I know you're you're all right, Sam. But I'm worried about our boy Jace here. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you, Jace? I, I'm, I'm worried. I'm okay, boys. It's uh, it's been a rough couple of days, but we're still here and still soldiering on. Of course, um, we do speak of, and we'll get straight into it. We won't muck around. Obviously, the news came out just uh, on Tuesday morning that some really, really heavy stuff is going to be happening and rocking the TV world. And Channel 10 in Adelaide, Perth and Brisbane will be cutting their local bulletins as of September the 11th this year. Now, that's not too far away. And Jace, you are, of course, one of the uh, reporters, sports reporters and hybrid into news every now and then <laughs> with Channel 10 here in Adelaide. Mate, you've, you've had a really good run with them for a few years and now, unfortunately, a new ownership jumping in and a few complications along the way. It's come to this and we just straight off the top mate from us at the press box and all the listeners we do feel for you at this stage yeah well thank you so much for that sam it's uh it's been a devastating couple of days obviously the news came out and was made public yesterday that they were going to be making um our local bulletin a more of a national feel um and so in that process they're going to be cutting you know rebecca morse's job kate freeband's job and, and will goodings's job so it was it was a really hard day um, and there might be a few more hard days to come. It looks like um, the cuts won't stop there. There will be probably some more redundancies to come in the future, which is just heartbreaking because there's such a, a wonderful team of people and they're so talented and they work so hard. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's awful to think that some of them in a week's time or two weeks' time won't be there anymore or will get the tap on the shoulder um, and, and looks like their dream will be crushed. And you feel for some people like the camera operators, like the operational staff that work so tirelessly behind the scenes that might not have a job you know, um, in a couple of weeks that have been there for 20 years, 30 years. It's just been such a devastating uh, couple of days. You know, I was, I was shocked when I, when I read the news and I, I saw it, I thought it was, I was I'm dumbfounded. Uh, and obviously the first word that come to my head was fast because seriously, um, it's, all, it, it's, it's been happening uh, throughout the whole media landscape. Like uh, I'm not immune in, 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 in uh, newspaper land, and uh, and uh, Sam, I don't think uh, you, you you're immune either. So so we're all we're all feeling it, and uh, it's been. Uh, oh, I just feel for you, Jace. The first of the going through this time, um, I know uh, uh, I've personally been mm. through it, and l- luckily enough, uh, uh, I'm still uh, still kicking around. It's just a it's just a shocking time for 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 the industry, and especially. In South Australia, because uh, you know we're all proud um, South Australians, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, a real big uh, fat kick in the guts, isn't it? It is, Jace. Can I ask you, mate? How did you find out? Obviously, I know we've heard the stories from a couple of people, Will Goodings and Rebecca Morse, um, who are you know the on-screen personalities that you know and love in the local bulletin. I want to find out 
how you found out. We might talk about them mm-hmm. shortly, but tell me how you did. Yeah, well, my day started pretty normally. I um I had to go and film um, a sixes presser with the new coach, Connor Henry, down at Titanium Arena. So I actually got to the station pretty early. It was about 8.30, 9 o'clock, and I went in there, quickly grabbed a few things. Um, everything was normal at that stage, had no inkling about what was going to come. Um, walked out the door, then went to Titanium, filmed the presser, you know, got a couple of grabs from the coach and, and what have you. And then I got a text message saying that there's going to be a national meeting at 12 o'clock. This was at 11. And I, and I got it and they were asking staff to get back for it. And so that was my first indication that something wasn't quite right at that stage I still didn't know the severity of it I still didn't know what was going to happen so I drove back thinking I almost the funny thing is I well I was thinking about it somewhat but I I I walked into the building at channel 10 and I had forgotten that you know the reason why I you know I sort of just you know I knew there was going to be a meeting I just didn't even piece two and two together that was going to be what I was about to walk into but when I walked into the station it was like it's hard to even just, it was devastating. It was just, there were, straight away you could tell that something was wrong. It, a newsroom is such a vibrant and um, a great mm. place to work and it's one yeah. of the big draw cards to, to yeah. why I became a journalist because it, it's such a buzz about it. But when I walked in, it was just eerie. It was, you know, there was people huddled in groups and talking. Um, there was people emotional in at that stage and I'd walked in and then I, I spoke to Max who had walked straight to my desk and, and Max says, yeah, it's not good. And I thought, holy hell, what's going on? And then as the next 45 minutes unfolded, I I sort of became aware that they were going to make some really, really serious cuts, um, that people were going to lose their jobs instantly and and already lost their jobs um, and there was going to be more to come. And then we had a a national meeting and and they basically said, look, we're going to move um, the Adelaide product into it based out of Melbourne. Now, you know, basically what's going to happen is that we're still going to have some familiarity. There's still going to be local bullets. There's still going to be local stories here, but they're going to be read out of Melbourne. So, you know, what do you say? It's just mm. it's a tough day, a really tough day. And you've you've done a fair bit of work, you know, regionally, and you've finally hit a really great job here in Adelaide. You know, you're reporting on the Crows and Power daily. You're reporting on the Sixers. You get to do all these amazing, great things that come as a perk to working in Capital City News. And like you said, the newsroom, it's a buzz. It's a busy place at all times. There's, yeah. there's things flying across the room at all times. People are talking about all the different things they're finding out on the, you know, every few minutes. It's just a fantastic vibe at all times. And then, like you said, I, you, you and I were speaking yesterday as, as it sort of all unfolded because, and we'll talk to this in a minute, I was going through a pretty similar situation with our work. But, you know, you you were saying there were people in tears and people just were crushed in that moment because it is such a it is a job that we love mm. so much and we're so passionate about and we count our lucky stars every day that we're in this role but to find out that you're going to be let go it just always you're never prepared for it no you're not it's it's just it's the first time i've ever been a part of you know something like this and it's it's shocking it's just this, this is people's dreams. People work so hard to get to this stage. They work their asses off. And I know exactly how that feels because I had to work just as hard to get to my position right now. So, And it's such a competitive market and a competitive field. And it just feels like you just had no say. You have no say, you know, sometimes about how, how it finishes. And so you could work, you know, really hard. And, and this is people's dream. It really is. You know, mm-hmm. to get to this position they are in now, 
you know, as a journalist, as a reporter, as a camera operator, you know, as operational staff, it's their dream to work in television. You know, it's their livelihood. It's everything they want to do. So it's just, it's, it's just heartbreaking and it's, you know, and it just sucks because the whole industry at the moment is feeling and, it, and, and is, is shrinking, you know, right before our very eyes. This isn't the first cuts we've had in um, mm. commercial television this year. Channel 7, they've gone through a number of cuts. They've had to um, even cut today, tonight. You know, and there'll be more to come, unfortunately. Fox Sports is another one. They oh, made a heap brutal. of cuts to their sport journos and presenters and um, – and you just feel like AAP is another one that had mm. went through cuts really recently, and um, and the advertiser Dale, you know, they had cuts as well. So it's, you know, everyone is feeling the effects of COVID nineteen, the bushfires, just everything is sort of yeah. lumped in together. Like it's just it's unbelievable this year, and you know, twenty twenty, who you know, no one could predict. You know, it just keeps getting worse, and everyone's you know, it's doing its best to 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 ruin everyone's year, and it's, it's <laughs> unfortunately it's coming true. Yeah, so unfortunately, no, no, no one's immune, and uh, and I know Sam, you you just went through the same sort of dealings yesterday, but obviously not uh, n- not on the uh, the scale of uh, of uh, Jace's news, uh, obviously. No, well, and, and we will talk to this here. I mean, Nova Entertainment, we were very lucky to get through most of the COVID space without having to enforce any cuts, which was a great thing for, and we, and we were really proud about that for a long time, but then. Obviously, planning into 2021, um, we've had to put some strategic, you know, every every year you think about what your strategy is going to be for the for the next year, and that generally happens around this time. And um, it ended up being because of this this it's taken such a hard hit financially in in this space of time with with COVID, as has many businesses. And you know, it's not it's not going to be uncommon for most this year. It's just one of those situations where there's going to be extra cuts as well in our in our jobs, and we're not exempt. And so. Um, we're trying to claw back. I think it's nine to ten percent of our um, costs um, because you can't run a business if you're not making money. Um, so there's there was a I think a quarter drop in our revenue um, due to COVID in 2020 for us, which is which is a really hard hit, and we're going to see approximately 70 people lose their jobs um, nationally. For, for, from Nova and and from all the associate stations like mine, AA, and the worst part is um, it's going to be a, a fair wait. Um, it's going to be rolled out over five weeks. It's sort of slowly drip-fed across each department um, across the nation because there are so many different parts to our um, our, our stations. Um, so <laughs> it's it's a long, anxious wait for us as employees. And um, I'm involved in a sports show, but you know that's that's all great and well for now. I'm, you never know where I'll be in uh, in in a few weeks' time if I'm still on it or not, and we don't know whether people will be let go in our in our level of the building or if they'll be redeployed or whatnot. But it's just such a, a scary and, and anxious time in our industry. Yeah, it's, it's the it's the waiting game, which um which is the the, the big thing for mine. I, mm. I've I've personally been through it uh, a couple of times. Uh, the waiting game, you just um, put put your head on the pillow every night and go, "Well, was that the?" You know, is tomorrow the day? Is uh, mm. you know, is it going to be the next day? It's um, it's uh, it's quite uh, or quite me- mentally uh, challenging. Obviously, um, it's human nature that you that you lose some sort of drive to and passion for 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 what you do, which is uh, which is something I thought I'd never never um or would never happen to me, um, because you know journalism was mine dream ever since I was what 14 yeah. so um um I, I never thought it would come to anything like this so uh the, the waiting game sucks 
there's no there's no way to um to sugarcoat it. Um, it sucks, and uh, and just, just from from me out to you boys. While right now, while you're both waiting, um, the just 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 good luck for me, and just just push through, and just um, it's uh the 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 world will keep turning. Mm. Um, that's uh mm. that's uh that's the mindset you got to have. Um, uh. If a door shuts, uh, another one will, will will open right in front of you. So, uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, waiting sucks, boys. It does. Um, can I and I can I just say, and you made a mm. re- great point there, Dale. It's it's one of, and and Jace, you spoke to this before too. Is the yeah. fact that you work so hard to get into the position, that, and and it's a dream mm. from I know all three of us. It would have been a dream since we were kids. At some point in yeah. our teenage years, you knew you wanted to be a journo. Like you just know yeah. you do, and you work so hard to get to where you need to go to mm. make it. And when you do, you you have this mindset of, I'm going to do everything I can to yeah. perform as well as I can and to get into every little area I can to, to not possibly lose this spot. You do, you perf- and you yeah. always think you're going to get let go at some point in your career because it's a performance thing. You just haven't mm. done enough. So you're always trying to get in front. It's a competitive environment as it is, but you're always trying to get in front of everyone else around you so that you yeah. can be the best at your craft and at no point do you feel like it's fair like you said before Jace that you're going to get let go for anything other than performance which is all that you're about at any part of any day in your job no you don't and it's it's just sucks that you know at the end of the day it comes down to finances to keep you know the the industry or keep the business running and and unfortunately you know they see Adelaide as as a viable option for them to reduce the size here to probably save a few bucks to run it out of Melbourne um, and, and you know push forward it's just it's it's just heartbreaking though to 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 see people you know it's hard to even talk about yeah. because you, you just you know, like the, yeah, it's just it's hard. It's hard to talk about because the emotion involved is you know seeing people you like. These are people, you know, these aren't just my colleagues. These are people that you know become friends with as well. Yeah. These are you know, yeah. and everyone's got their families and people have mortgages and people have you know. There's, there's so many factors that play into this, and and to see the emotion that's come out of it, and and that will will continue for a little while yet, while the waiting game does go on, while they while they still figure out you know roles for people and 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 how the best way they can move forward. Well, Jace, here's a chance for you to tell us what Channel Ten will look like. Obviously, you've mentioned a few things, but tell us what Channel Ten will look like now from September the 11th onward, um, because it's going to be very uh, unlocal, I suppose, from from an Adelaide point of view. Well, I've only heard, you know, a certain amount of things. You know, there's only little bits of information that we've heard as well about what's going to happen and I can only, you know, talk on what I know and, and that's just that they're still going to have um, a local – they're still going to have local stories. It's still going to be localised here in South Australia. We're going to have reporters here, camera operators here, um, people oh, cool. actually telling local stories. It's just going to be read out of Melbourne, uh, uh, yeah, out of Melbourne um, for us. And then um, with Perth, I think it's still a bit undecided and and uh, and Brizzy as well. So um, with us, it's still local content. So we're still going to have local sports stories, which is which great. is great. So not all completely going to be put into state or made into state. So, you know, we are still going to have people here working hard and, and, you know, really telling the stories that South Australians, you know, really want to hear. So it's not all bad at the moment. There is some, you know, obviously some terrible news that, that is happening, but, you know, hopefully we can still um, press on.
Well, Jace, I mean, good luck, mate. We're really all rolling behind you and, and the rest of your colleagues and everyone else in the media industry who's feeling it right now because there's a lot of us out there. There's, As you said, there's camos, there's makeup artists, there's uh, a lot of people who are all included in this that aren't just reporters and that are seen on screen. And I know the media can look like a glitzy job um, from the outside, but on the inside, it's a, it's a really tough time and as, as it is for every business. So, look, mate, best of luck from all of us and you're going to go a long way and you're going to stick by. I know you're going to stick in there. I know it, mate. Well, at least, uh, at least the press box will keep moving forward. Unless you guys are planning on doing redundancies or something like that. I don't know. If <laughs> no. Planning on, planning on uh, hosting it in another state. I'm not sure. So, uh, and no best redundancies here. No best of re- luck to you, Sam, as well, because uh, you're going through a similar similar scenario. Thanks, mate. It's um, it is tough time. So we we try to keep moving forward and be optimistic as always. That's what we're all about. Now, yeah. Dale, can I can I press you some questions? Sporting wise, mate, we, we want to talk sport. As, uh, is as there sport on? Is there? I know. I we're locked down. <laughs> it's hard to forget. <laughs> well, there's one sport that we want to talk about here, which could be delayed for a little while longer. We're getting ready for some hoops action. The NBL was going to be coming up soon, but it sounds like yes. the season may still not occur until 2021. Yeah, well, the, um, the report on uh, Tuesday uh, morning that the, the NBL could uh, could potentially postpone uh, the start of their season right up until Feb- February next year, wow. which is uh, which is uh, yeah quite a quite a bit of a bombshell. But um, uh, I was listening to Jeremy Lowliga last night on the NBL overtime, and that's clearly a worst case scenario. So uh, obviously they've got. Uh, there's a task force now, which uh, um, uh, 36ers owner Grant Grant Kelly is uh, is involved with, but uh, mm-hmm. I think we'll be uh, talking about him a little bit later. Yep. Um, uh, so uh, there's obviously best case scenario, and best case scenario is uh, December three tip off with fans. Everyone's uh, everyone's a winner, and then obviously the worst case scenario is it gets uh, pushed back. Uh, to that uh, to that February date, but um, there's also an op- option of, of of hubs too, the hub model for um, for the NBL. But um, but uh, what uh, uh, Jeremy Lowliger said was um, the hub model um, isn't uh, really what um, the, the the NBL uh, would have to do because there's not the the broadcast deal isn't or there isn't one um, really that uh, the the NBL make. A ton of money off, so um, the, that's why uh, the NBL have the potential to uh, postpone their league because um, they, they haven't uh, they haven't got the, the big broadcast money that the, the AFL, uh, NRL, and the A League have to um, um, suffice. Well, actually, uh, it's funny you mentioned about this task force because I spoke to Grant Kelly yesterday at this press conference with Connor Henry, and he was adamant about starting the league on that December date, and um, and that they could potentially look at a hub model that's, you know, similar to, you know, what the NBA is doing um, in the United States. So having teams um, play out of, you know, one space basically that's COVID-free um, or they could follow a similar model to the AFL and have sort of fly-in, fly-out, although that would cost them some serious dollars if they wanted to try and set that one up. Um, so that might not be certain that they would be playing in front of crowds come December 3rd and that, you know, here in here in um, SA is a really viable option. Yeah, I think the only two two clubs uh, that uh, it, uh, that um, it's affecting right now is obviously Melbourne United and South East Melbourne Phoenix. Yep. So um, if uh, the NBA only have to hub uh, two teams, 
uh, my boys uh, and and the Phoenix if they have to go up to sunny Cairns and mm. and and live for six months uh, and play some basketball. I'm sure those boys will be shattered about that. Um, <laughs> living in uh, sunny Queensland and uh, uh, getting paid to play basketball for six months, but uh, um, that's uh, uh, if that's what has to happen uh, for for the. Uh, the, the NBL to start, then uh, you, you have to do it. And uh, it's funny I mentioned Cairns because uh, uh, they're actually transforming right now an old Bunnings warehouse to be the new home venue for the Cairns Taipans for, for this season because because the Cairns, <laughs> really? Conve- the Cairns Convention Centre is getting refurbished and uh, they uh, sort of forgot – about the fact that uh, they play the NBL there, and it won't be won't get done in time. So, uh, so the state government is is refurbishing uh, an old Bunnings uh, into the new Taipans home court, and so it's going to be about a it's a boutique stadium, probably about two two and a half yep. thousand people, um, and it looks absolutely perfect to host an NBL hub. Well, I find that hilarious. They've got even a Bunnings there just to do that with. Are they going to like you know the the two free throws? If you miss them, you get it maybe a snag instead of a uh, instead of a hungry Jack's hungry cheeseburger. Jacks. I, think, <laughs> I think I think the cheeseburgers will stay. Seeing uh, the hungry Jack's uh, owners on the task force, I don't think uh, I don't think Bunnings will be taking any of uh, hungry Jack's uh, marketing time. I wouldn't have thought. That's sensational. Well, how about we move on to the Sixers then, because it sounds like there's a new import that's going to be coming here. It's not announced yet, but Donald Sloan is coming to Adelaide. Is he our import point guard? That that's the latest rumor. Um, Ninety-nine uh, percent uh, true until it's hundred percent false. Uh, <laughs> uh, D- Donald Donald Sloan. So yeah, uh, recently uh, played in China. He's had he's had the NBA uh, experience. Uh, well, he's uh, early thirties. Uh, ticks every box. So when you when you um, hear Connor Henry. Um, uh, uh, and Jace was absolutely grill- grilling him uh, uh, <laughs> uh, about uh, about um, who um, who the next import was. Actually, I yeah. think Jace was grilling him more about fishing rather than uh, who. I did hear that. Um, but uh, now uh, Donald Sloan uh, sort of ticks ticks every box. Um, NBA veteran point guard that's played all all around the world. Yep. And uh, if if he's the the next Sixers. Uh, uh, import point guard, then uh, we've actually got one right because I've I've said Josh McGiddy wrong, Shelvin Mack wrong, so maybe third time lucky, Donald Sloan. But the interesting thing about Donald Sloan because he said he, that he might not be here for the start of the season, so is he stuck in the state somewhere? Uh, don't don't know where Donald Sloan is uh, on uh, planet Earth at the minute, but uh, <laughs> you, you'd you'd think uh, if he has signed on the dotted line, then. Uh, He'd try and get onto the next flight uh, mm. here because and uh, and quarantine. If he has to quarantine for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, doesn't matter. He's got till December three, hasn't he, to uh, to run out? So um, earlier than that, September one's preseason start. Well, yeah. I, I think I think your import point guard will be uh, in the starting five come December three. So <laughs> I, I think if he's uh, if he if he's a little bit late. Uh, I'll think. Uh, I think Connor Henry won't mind all that much. I was going to say, if it's going to be a bit late, guys, you might as well just stick with Jerome Randall, who's just coming back from injury. Like, what's the, <laughs> you got to have him there day one? There's, there's no other reason. Uh, yeah, potentially, but uh, no. Uh, Jerome Randall probably won't be uh, uh, basketball ready until January, so uh, um, that's probably the first uh, month of the season uh, out the way. So. Uh, um, 
Donald Sloan will be will be an interesting one. It's it's a it's a it's a he's a savvy veteran, so um he, he can can only um um guide you know Josh Giddy and Sunday Detch and 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 the like uh, there in the backcourt. But uh, the interesting thing that uh, Connor Henry said uh, on Tuesday was uh, the other import uh, spot. Um, the, the Sixers will potentially leave open um, to maybe midway through the year. So that's that's an interesting um, proposition for mine. I think uh, he's uh, backing backing his uh, roster now to uh, to make the finals um, with what um, with what they've got, and then uh, if uh, if that uh, finals bound team, hopefully. Uh, has a shot at the title, then maybe a stud will come in right at the late, right at the last minute, a la what Bryce Cotton did in his first season as a Wildcat. Mm. Connor Henry's got another problem to deal with, and that is that he's got uh, three players stuck in Victoria at the moment. He's got Sunday Detch, he's got Josh Giddy, and uh, yeah. Daniel Dillon, who can't get into SA because of the border restrictions. They're all in lockdown. So they're worried at the moment. I spoke to him on yesterday and they're worried that they're not going to be here for the start of preseason training on September 1st because they're unfortunately, they can't get flights into Adelaide and they, it looks like they can't even get exemptions for them to get over here. So it's, yes. a, it's a real catch-22 at the moment when you're starting. I think they're actually having their first hit out this Friday. So they're having their right. first team session this Friday and there's going to be three players, four if you count the new import, that aren't going to be there. Oh, whoopee doo! Only my boys are all in lockdown. They can't even bounce a ball or <laughs> yeah, shoot, shoot a hoop in anger. And the southeast Melbourne Phoenix are the same. So it's uh, it's uh, it's advantage uh, the other seven clubs at the moment. If you're missing a few players, uh, whoop yeah. whoopee doo! Our, our <laughs> my championship lineup is, is all uh, stuck sitting on the couch watching Netflix. <laughs> well, let's talk about, um, obviously, the man you just spoke of before there, Grant Kelly, Jace. Um, you had him at the press conference the other day. One question that came up um, was about something really off basketball, and that's a chairmanship at a football club. The Adelaide Crows obviously looking for a replacement for Rob Chapman, and people have been talking about it for probably the last 12 months or so. Here's the question posed, and here is his answer mm-hmm. from that press conference. You've been linked to the Crows chairmanship. Can I ask about that? Are you interested? Have you been approached? Yes and yes. For me and my family, the Crows are just an institution in our lives. We love the footy club. We have been regulars at the games for many, many years. My key thing with the Crows is just how to contribute. And I have had a chat with a couple of the guys there just to see how that could occur, but nothing concrete yet. So he's interested in becoming chairman of the Adelaide Football Club and it sounds like he's been approached. So where do you guys sit with this one? Well, the interesting thing about that is a month ago he downplayed it and said that he, you know, he was kind of interested, but he hadn't talked to anyone. Now, all of a sudden, when Vicky Schwartz asked that from Channel Nine, all everyone's ears pricked up and said, "Hang on a second, <laughs> this could be the new chairman of the Adelaide Football Club." Sounds like he might be Rob Chapman's replacement. So there was a few more questions asked after that one, and and he said that he was more than interested, that he'd talked to people at the club, and that he it's his real passion. You know, outside of uh, the 36s and what he does for basketball, it looks like football and the Crows is actually his second or, or, you know, tied is his first passion um, and he really wants to get involved with the football club and, and he thinks that he can make it better. So it um, will be interesting if the Crows decide to go down that path. Obviously, they, you know, the Sixers have, I'm pretty sure they've had associations with the Crows before. So who knows? They might, you know, follow that line again. Yeah, re- rewind, boys. Uh, let's let's rewind back to the last time uh, the 36ers were in a grand final. 
Uh, not because of, you guys lost to my boys in, in the grand final. Oh, it was in twenty eighteen. It was because Grant Kelly just took over the thirty sixes, and then all of a sudden there was a thirty sixes Crows merger talks. Yes, and they got very very close, extremely close. And now we're saying that the owner of the thirty sixes could potentially be the chairman of the Crows. You don't have to be blind, Freddie, to. To, to know what's going to happen if if Grant Kelly becomes chairman of the Crows, surely. So 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 let's just set the scene before we go into that. Grant Kelly has a financial stake in the Adelaide Thirty Sixes, and there's millions in it. So he mm-hmm. is a he is a really big player, obviously, in that space. And he putting his hand up to be involved with the Adelaide Football Club in a sense. Are you saying the merger is on? I think oh, well, you you have to join the dots. Surely you have to join the dots. Seeing, especially after um, 2018, when when um, the, both parties um, nearly ticked off on a deal. So um, if if Grant Kelly is the next chairman of the Crows, and he still owns the 36s, and they've uh, in the past talked about merger talks, then surely. You, it's it's common sense, surely. It's, it's crazy. So with the Crows, usually with a good season, they would be turning over a fair bit of cash as an AFL football club. You would be saying here, if they were to come together, a basketball club and the NBL, which, let's be honest, doesn't generate the same amount of money that an AFL club does. It's almost the opposite. Coming together, this would help Grant Kelly basically bring the 36ers back into a financial state which would just be uh, superior among just about every other club in the NBL. Well, pretty much. Um, I, I think, well, the, the, the Crows have, you know, they own the Adelaide Bite. They've they, they got the eSports franchise. I think uh, the 36ers, I think, would be another one of those arms of, of what would what, what really is a, an Adelaide sporting club now. And, and, and it's I personally think it's a good model because it's what it's what happens in Europe. So you, you think of Real Madrid and everyone thinks of the soccer team. Well, Real Madrid have a basketball team. Real Madrid have other professional uh, uh, club, uh, teams playing different sports. So it's Real Madrid, the sporting club, and they have different they have different teams and different sports. So if it goes along that European model, and I mean Barcelona is the same. Um, um, it, it's it's got to be a win 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 for 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 the Crows and the Thirty Sixers, I think. Well, we know Collingwood and GWS have netball teams, so it's not uncommon for, right. for AFL clubs to branch out into other sports. But I mean, it's a real fascinating conversation to see NBL and the AFL come together, especially as the NBL is one of those booming leagues in the country. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that you know it's it's it's. An option, and it's and and for mine, it's a it's a, it's a sensible move. Yeah, and how uh, beneficial will it be for you know the thirty sixes players who, who really right now are in limbo in terms of you know, well they're not in the limbo anymore they've, they've got a training venue at at Titanium but have been in limbo in terms of you know up being uprooted and having to go to Port Adelaide coming back to Titanium yeah. they're looking at renovating a new gym at the moment at Titanium Arena just for their strength and conditioning 
imagine if they merged with the Crows and all of a sudden they got these multi-million dollar facility where they can have all their strength and conditioning training. They can have, you know, state-of-the-art, you know, recovery centers. They can have their hands on probably some of the medicos at, at uh, the Crows as well, you know, some of the best in the state. All of a sudden it's a real upside and a real advantage for the 36ers to have that merger. So, you know, more power to them if they can find a way that it works for both sides. And I think it's, a, like you said, it's probably a win-win. So uh, what are you saying, Jace? Maybe that new uh, development in North Adelaide might have to have a basketball court uh, (laughs) built in it as well as the pool? You never know. They're saying they want (laughs) – I heard about the original plans and I know they wanted two sporting ovals just so they could accommodate both their football teams. But who knows? Maybe they want to uh, branch out and get a a basketball stadium as well. Just going to dig into that glove box a little bit deeper. Surely just put a basketball hoop on a, on a garage door like every other kid in, kid in South Australia. Well, it's interesting. You talk about the Crows. Um, let's talk about one of the Crows who's uh, the main star and the, the talk of the town right now, Brad Crouch. Uh, this is this is a story that's just continued to uh, blow up as much as we really don't want to be talking about contracts in the middle of a season. We always somehow end up talking about it anyway. And he is the uh, he's the man who everyone's focused on here in South Australia. And Dale on the front page of the Advertiser on Thursday morning, it is Brad Crouch. It was actually the back page, but oh, uh, the, it's, it's, it's everyone. It's everyone else's. It's a sporting enthusiast. When, when I saw that, when I saw it, the paper it, sitting up at the news agent, it was actually back to front. So sorry, I thought it was the front yeah, page. I walk around every news agent and do that. So uh, <laughs> um, right, <laughs> that's, that's that's my job. I walk around and put the no, anal. on. But um, but now uh, your colleague uh, Sam uh, uh, Bix as is a. Weekly column um, pretty much says, uh, sign Brad Crouch now, Crows, please just do it uh, ASAP. So what, what uh, Bix was essentially saying is, uh, you know, it, it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. So obviously, you know, if Brad Crouch, um, you know, free agent gets the big deal, Crows get the co- uh, compensation pick, which, which would, would be pick two, if it's a big deal. Like if if Brad Crouch doesn't get offered the big the big money from rival clubs, then that that compensation pick drops all the way down to pick nineteen. Yeah. So it's it's better the devil you know in Brad Crouch rather than trying to draft uh, a kid, which clearly is not going to be Matt Rao because there's only ever been one Matt Rao. Mm. Um, at pick two, or take the risk of it could drop down uh, to pick nineteen. So, um, uh, with Brad Crouch's uh, recent uh, or injury issues, uh, I think uh, the Crows could uh, could get a deal done uh, sooner rather than later. And that's uh, that's what and that's what Bix is saying. And uh, and uh, I agree with him. It's a really interesting one because, like you say, there it's it's no guarantee. Everyone's just just about trying to bank this pick two. It's like mm. Crows will have the top two picks. There is no guarantee in that because what right now Brad is injured with a hamstring. He's actually jagged it again, slipping on a wet veranda. Like it's clearly fragile, and he's clearly having an issue with it. And he's had multiple hamstring injuries in the past. And that's not something that people want in a mid-aged midfielder who you know is still trying to prove his worth in in that mm. team. In a team that's last, so you you really can't bank a pick two, and and at the moment, if even if they do get a pick two, who says the list management is good enough at the Crows to pick up a, a great kid who's going to be great in a couple of years? So I mean, there's so many questions, and like you're saying in that article that Bix has written, and it's very 
quite a good second lens on it, which is opposed to everyone else's optimistic views, the kid will be great. It it really does make you think maybe Brad Crouch is the better option to keep. Well, the only thing you're not thinking about in this whole scenario is if Brad Crouch actually wants to stay or not. You know, there's two things that Brad Crouch obviously wants, and it's one will be longevity, trying to win a premiership, and the other one is money. Now, can the Crows offer him both of those? I'm not sure. The Crows don't look like they're going to be flag contenders anytime soon. It, it looks more like probably a three, four, a five-year build to, to get back to that position that they were in in 2017. And are they willing to 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 offer the money that he probably thinks he deserves? And 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 that you know, being a former best and fairest winner, a uh, reigning best and fairest winner, he won the last one. You know, he probably thinks he's up there. You know, in the 800 category. So. Does he, you know, does he get the money he thinks he deserves? I'm not sure, but I'm sure that his manager is going to be pushing for top dollar for him to stay, um, and he's probably wants a long-term deal out of it. Well, he does want to stay. He's made that pretty clear, and we'll, I'll play you this, grab because I've just found this. This is what he said the other day and, and talked about his coach wanting him as well. Has, has Matty Nix told you he wants you? Uh, yes, he has. Yeah, he's made me aware of that um, for a long time and can keep saying that, so that's, that's good to hear. So, obviously, the coach has said, yep, I want you, and he's come out on record numerous times saying he wants to stay. So, surely, right now, the club just offers him something. Yeah, but will it be enough? You know, this club is notorious for, for lowballing players. So, you know, will they offer him enough money to, to be enticing for him to stay? No, that's the question. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a big conundrum uh, for the Crows, and, and it's also uh, it's not only a money issue, it's, 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 it's the number of years. Like, do you sign someone up that's had a history of hamstring injuries for five years. Yeah, and that's right because you, you, Brad Crouch you don't give anyone you don't give five year deal. You you don't give anyone a five year deal. Anyone. If you got In a professional start, you, sport, you don't give anyone a five year deal. Well Rory Sloan got one a couple of years ago. Yeah, but I personally you should not give a, an athlete a five year deal. No guarantees. Well, yeah. None at yeah. all. Three years max for mine. That, 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 if if I was if I won the one Powerball uh, on Thursday night and, and, and decided to, to, to buy a professional sports team, there'd be no five-year contracts in uh, on my books, I can tell you. That's what, the, that's what they're weighing up, though, and that's probably what his manager's saying right now to the Crows. You can have Brad Crouch, but this is how much it's going to cost you, and this is how many years that, we, that he wants to stay for. He wants to make sure that he's going to be here into his 30s um, and make sure that he's a part of this team. There's no going to be if, buts, or maybes. You know, if you're interested in signing him, you've got to sign him now for a long-term deal. So that's what's going to be in front of the Crows. Do we want to sign this guy, a midfielder, you know, a great player, um, but he's, you know, broken down at the moment with hamstring issues? Do we want to sign him to a long-term deal? How much is that deal going to cost us into the future? Or do we look like seeing if we can move him on to another club that, that needs an inside midfielder as well? Yeah, it's an interesting situation. I, I can't wait to see how how it plays out. But if if I was the Crows, I'd I'd, I'd sign him up. I'm, I I agree with Bix. Um, uh, maybe a three a, th- a three year deal with a with an option of a fourth. Um, and uh, I think get get Brad Crouch to to thirty. Um, and uh, I think that, that that'll get the the deal across the line. I think and. Uh, but uh, I don't know, Sam. As a Crows fan, would uh, running out in two thousand and twenty-one? Do you want Brad Crouch to be the highest paid or the second highest paid 
player? Does he deserve that uh, that amount of coin? Well, that's the thing, and that's what's so conflicting is right now you want to still have some experience around a group that is so young and so green. So it, it would be, and, and, and you'd sort of think it would almost defy logic. In, in a space of time in the last few years where there's been so many players who've wanted out of the Adelaide Football Club and finally you've got one who's a gun and experienced who's saying, I want to stay, why would the club kick him out? It would just make absolutely no sense whatsoever. So, yes, I think as a club you'd like to see him, but at the same time, I'd also love to see some great kids come in. And with a pick one on the way, you want to grab a really, really strong young talent and make sure they stay at the club too. But you'd also love to cash in on the second one too. But look, at the end of the day, it's just going to be it's going to be a long long road back for the Crows and whether Brad's there next year and we get a couple of extra wins and he helps develop some young'uns on the way, maybe that's a good thing. But also, seeing some fresh talent into the club isn't a bad thing either. You know what could throw a spanner into this whole thing is Rory Laird. Did you see how he played last night? He was unbelievable. 37 touches, inside midfielder. He was able to really control the ball, move it fast, get back. He throws a spanner into this because they look at that, the Crows, and go, you know what? If we lose Brad Crouch as one of our senior mids, we've got another bloke stepping up to fill his role already. So, <laughs> so it's not all, it's not all it's not all doom and gloom for them. And, and the other thing uh, with uh, pick two, if the Crows get pick two and Brad Crouch does leave, uh, you don't have to pick a kid with pick two. You can trade the pick two, and you can go for yep. whoever, whoever you like. Very, very good point. All right, let's move on out of all this uh, deep and dark sporting stuff and into Root of the Week. Well, finally, it's back again, Root of the Week. We're back to normal this time around, and we're going to be talking footy scores, and we're going to be talking goals. And I'm going to start off with a friend of mine. He used to play in Barmera. He used to play for the Roos over in Barmera, but unfortunately, the Riverland season, that got cold this year because of COVID-19. They decided to pack in uh, the competition over there. And so a lot of players, they still wanted to kick a footy around, that's for sure. They still wanted to uh, slot a few goals with the Sharon. So a lot of them decided to venture out and see what sort of opportunities lie uh, in wait in Adelaide. And uh, a mate of mine, Matt Min, he decided uh, that he wanted to see and uh, venture into he's back to his actually home club here in Hope Valley, in uh, in the, the northeastern suburbs. And um, he uh, played on the weekend, and uh, he's known for kicking a few bags of goals in Barmera. They uh, he was on the front page of the paper over there, and they called him Magic Min after he kicked seven. <laughs> well, he decided to double that. On the weekend, wow. he's kicked 14 goals. He's kicked 14 goals almost straight too. He had 95% accuracy. So 14 goals in a game, I think that uh, almost gets root of the week. Wow. And uh, to Matt Min, congratulations, my friend. <laughs> You're our root of the week. Yeah. A couple, couple of questions, Jace, from that yes. from that game. Did Hope Valley win? Yeah, easily. Oh, Very okay. easily. <laughs> You'd be a bit flat if you kicked 14 and lost. Second and the most important question. Three votes? He got all three. He yes. got all three. Yes. <laughs> he, he wasn't dogged by the uh, the coach. So he did, didn't come runner up or anything Thank like that. God. I think if you kick 14 goals, you, you get best on ground. Of course, but it's been a long history of uh, forwards not getting that. So. Well, and we've documented every we single have. one of them. <laughs> and the best bit is, boys, guess what? Not only did he kick the 14 goals, but on Facebook, he's decided to remind everyone of the 14 goals, every single one, by attaching his highlights reel <laughs> to a Facebook post. It's a real me, me, me. So hang on. So, so, he's, oh. a, so he's A, got the game tape. 
Yeah. B, B clipped up all 14 goals. C put it together. And then D. Oh, I don't think it was like no, I don't think it was quite like that. I think the oh. league had put up like a you know, the put up a summary of the match. Oh. Anyway, he's gone oh. flick to this part and see me kick snags. No. <laughs> see me kick snags. Oh. Watch me boot a few. Jeez. That's so Matt Min, you get a root of the week. <laughs> <gasps> wow. Well, that's not the only root of the week because we're going back to our roots here. This is where we really, this is where it all originated, this this segment, was footy teams getting absolutely up and rooted on a Saturday Arvo. Dale, have you got one for us? I do, actually. And uh, I, I every Sunday morning, uh, uh, reading the, the great Sunday Mail, uh, sensational. The first page, two pages I read are all the, all the footy scores, just trolling through them just to see if there's any cricket scores in the in the footy page and um usually they're usually they're down around you know the the div sevens eights you know the c grades you know stuff like that but uh i found one on sunday morning i i nearly spat my uh coffee out when, when I read this, Division One reserves. Oh wow! Division One reserves, Adelaide Footy League, Saint Peter's uh, uh, Old Collegians, thirty-five, fifteen, two hundred and twenty-five. Oh boy! Athelston, one point. Oh, <laughs> no! That is. That's unbelievable. Div one reserves, Jace. Jeez, you're, you're the Adelaide Footy League, our Adelaide Footy League correspondent here. <laughs> Have you ever seen a Division I'm, One reserves? I've played in that league. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard any two hundred point. You don't play for Athelston, do you? No, I played against <laughs> Athelston. Any two hundred point roppings? Never. Yuck. That's yuck, and that's real hideous. That's, 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 that's hanging your head in shame, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put it back to the club on the weekend. <laughs> but I, I've got good news. Uh, mm. the, the, the great man, Irwin, has booted 10 for St. Peter's, and then I quickly checked the best players. I yes. quickly mm. checked the best players. Best for St. Peter's. Irwin! Yes. Three votes. Oh, yes. So we're two, we're two for two so far. That's so pretty good. Yeah, he only kicked, didn't even kick a th- only third of the score. So 10's not really all that much. But um, <laughs> but uh, I, I do like the thing, and, and I'll preface this. In the Sunday Mail, when we put all the uh, the country scores in there, there's a template, and usually every game has um, – um, goal kickers, yep. and and usually the tem- uh, the template goes, you know, team A, team B, uh, unavailable, and usually you type over unavailable with the goal kickers. Oh, but oh. this one slipped through, and it says goal scorers Athelston unavailable. <laughs> That's because I didn't kick. <laughs> oh boy! All right, it's time now for pass or fast. Can we get an ironing board out there on the sideline? Absolutely farcical. It's farcical. 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 We're playing out of farce. It's a farce. It ends farcically. The rules are a farce. What a farce. Farcical goal. That sounds farcical. 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 It's a bit of a farce. It's a disgrace. All right, Dale, tell us what you got this week. Well, the first one uh, straight off the bat uh, is right in your wheelhouse, Sam Tugwell. And and, uh, this is... uh, uh, we'll, we'll give it away, uh, Jace, because uh, I was going to message Jace about because uh, Christmas is uh, 
coming up uh, quite soon, and we'll need presents again. Um, it's Christmas, yes. All right. but, uh, <laughs> and uh, I've got the perfect uh, gift for you, uh, Sam Tugwell. Shane oh. Warne fragrance. Oh. Fast or fast. Oh. It's getting marketed everywhere. <laughs> I can't go anywhere and not see or hear about this fragrance that Warney's put out there. He is, he is the king. You know how, there's a, there's a great saying, you know how like when you're in a cricket club or something and you, you see a bloke and he's just, he just looks like a really classy player. Like he just looks the type to yeah. be a guy who would just make runs, right? He would, yeah. and, and some people have this saying, it's like you reek of runs. I think this is the sort of fragrance that they would wear. You smell of runs. Like this is this is Shane Warne. Like you just reek of being reek of wickets. Like th- this is it. So mm. if you want to be a great player and you want to play good cricket, this is it. You take SW23. It's available at Chemist <laughs> Warehouse. Uh, fast. I tell you what, if Shane Warne can pick up a British supermodel wearing this cologne, I'm all in. <laughs> he can have all my money. <laughs> it's going to pay off dividends. So, um, yeah, if you want to, if you want to uh, smell like the king, then it's pretty simple these days. You just got to buy a bit of his cologne. So it's uh, it's a massive pass from me. Oh, I'm torn. Oh, I'm literally torn. I'm I'm laughing both ways, but. Uh, uh, or nah, fast has to be fast. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously, the warning oh, for, for a multi millisecond there, warning. I thought about buying it. Uh, I'll probably, I'll, I'll probably will gift it to uh, to Tuggers. I'll I'll bring it back up. What is this? August the twelfth. <laughs> How much is one of these going for? That's that's the question. Surely it's got a well, seven hundred eight wickets, so it's got to be seven hundred eight bucks. And surely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fast warning! Seriously, do, do, do they? If, if it smelled like like ham and pineapple pizza or toasties or something like that, <laughs> what he's known for, or maybe baked beans, that would be brilliant. Oh, that would so, be a pass then. But uh, fortunately, it's a fast. All the proceeds apparently go to um, uh, my room, the uh, foundation. Anyway, so it's okay. It's, it's not all bad. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, we'll stick with cricket. Uh, this is also you can uh, read this in the in the advertiser this morning. Uh, uh, Stuart Broad, uh, English uh, paceman that uh, all Aussies love to hate. Uh, during the last Test match against Pakistan, he got fined by the match referee, but the match referee was his old man. <laughs> so how about? Being a professional cricket player and getting fined by old man. Fast or fast? <laughs> yep, fast. <laughs> this sucks. Imagine being Stuart Broad. You've you've just like you've you've climbed the the ladder into like cricket royalty by taking what five hundred wickets in Test cricket not long ago, and everyone's just like treating you like a god. And then all of a sudden you give a good send off because you're the best bowler in the world right now. You give a send off to one of the Pakistani batsmen. You you saying bugger off, mate, and you've said a swear word <laughs> and you've slipped something out. And all of a sudden your old man comes in and and gives you gives us gives you a hiding and says, mate, you got to cough up a few bucks. That's that's just like that. Come on, man. Like this is just stop raining on this man's parade. I'm a huge farce. Stuart Broad's never moved out of home. He's still living there right now. He's, <laughs> He's just been, been sent to the court. He's been sent to his room. Like, go to your go to your room, boy. You've been in trouble. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a farce. This one. Imagine getting fined by your old man as a professional oh. cricket player, and go to your room, boy. You've been in trouble. You can't swear anymore. So yeah, a bit of a farce. Absolute pass. Oh, I love it. Oh. That is, it is brilliant. 
because Stuart Broad, Stuart Broad's a farce. That's why it's a pass. <laughs> sucked in, Broad, Broad. He, got, he got fined by old man. And uh, he's, uh, he's actually getting some of the money back that, uh, that um, he's spent on you over the years, bringing you up. Not, not that, geez, I sound like a real dad there, don't I? Yeah, because don't. I am one. Yeah, yeah. Dad club. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm the, justice is served. He didn't walk, so he's fine. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Uh, I'm vice president of the dad club, uh, by the way. Um, next one. Uh, I saw this on Twitter, and uh, being a big uh, basketball tragic, uh, the Sydney Kings have been uh, – uh, they've lost the Sydney Opera House. Uh, for, uh, for their logo um, of, of the, the Opera House have put on a, a $50,000 carrot, I think, per annum, I think it is, to, to use the Opera House wow. uh, in, in your logo. So, um, so the Kings have obviously had to uh, dump the logo um, at the NBL's um, because the NBL actually owned the logo. So it was the NBL's decision, not the, the Kings' decision. Um, but uh, the Sydney Kings' new logo – Looks exactly the same as the Golden State Warriors logo. <laughs> so the Kings copying the dubs fast or fast. Well, it looks like if, for those who want a picture of it, it's like got the Sydney Harbour Bridge instead of the um the what Golden, is it, the Oak, Golden Gate Bridge. That, thank Golden you, Jake. Golden Gate. That's yeah. the one. So uh, it's Bridgegate. It's, 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 I don't mind it. Like. I mean, I can. I like the way mm. we're trying to America, Americanize our basketball here because that's sort of the culture in basketball. So I kind of like where they're going with it, but I don't know if they've executed it as well as they could. So as much as I like the thought and the work behind it, it's a farce for now. Yeah, well, to save fifty grand, they might have just cost themselves a million dollar lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's how close it looks to the Dubs yeah. logo. It looks almost identical if you put them side by side. It's just a different bridge in it. So yeah, who knows? It might it might come down to the lawyers. This one, um, I don't mind it. I think the logo looks fresh because it, it looks like the NBA logo. So and they've done such a good job with it. So tough but pretty a bit of a farce it has to be a farce it's like um here's my homework just try not to copy it too much well i'm going past again I, I, I love it i love it and uh and what uh some people uh might may have forgot the connection but uh, andrew bogut actually played for the golden state warriors so maybe bogues has just rang up the warriors and went well <laughs> can, can can we use this and clearly they've said yes and uh it's well, it's a different bridge so it's not copying it's a different bridge it's in a different hemisphere can't be. it's not the same it's just the same colors and the same bridge and a circle around it that's just the same it's not the same it's simple when you put it everywhere <laughs> <laughs> radio uh next one how about uh, from the from the crows collingwood game on on tuesday night uh, um i i had to sit through it i actually listened to a uh, Tuggers's injury reports uh, when uh, the crows were going down left, right, and centre. That was uh, that, that was that was good listening. <laughs> I nearly felt like texting you again. Is anyone is anyone sit down there? Um, but uh, how about the bloke that uh, did the fist bump with Bucks after the game and nearly cost Bucks another seventy grand? What about the the fist bump man? Pass or fast? I can't, I can't remember the um, backstory to it because Bucks tweeted about it. You guys probably know it, but I—I I mean, 
they're in a bubble, so it's tough because you're not really meant to interact. And and they actually cordon off um, the coaches' um, area, the space where they walk out through the crowd um, with security, so people can't actually interact with the coaches. But it was just because it was right next to the the staircase that he just happened to be right up in his grill and. It, had a chance to interact with old bucks, but I, I mean, unless he gave him a full hug or something, like a fist bump's not yeah. going to do much. So it's a, it's a bit of an overblown farce, this one. Well, not only that, Bucks actually walked up to the person. It, like Bucks scored him out of the corner of his eye because yeah. the guy was said something to him, and then Bucks actually walked up to him. They they know each other for years gone past. So uh, I can't remember it either, Sam. But Bucks said in a tweet, yeah, that they, there was some connection there, and he wanted to go up and to acknowledge his person. I don't know if they've ever met before, but they they'd know each other through some sort of uh, other way. Um, and Bucks went up to acknowledge him, fist bumped, said hello, and then kept walking. Um, you know, clutching at straws, I would have thought, if you're breaking the bubble just by fist bumping someone. But, you know, when these times, stranger things have happened, unfortunately. Yeah. So um, it's, is it a farce? I'm not sure. Is, is it a – I don't know. I'm probably on the fence of this one. It's neither a farce or a pass. <laughs> well, first of all, it's a it's a pass. It's a, it's a pass. Um, Bucks, Bucks obviously knows the guy. They have history. You know, did the fist bump, said g'day, move on. But that's a pass. The fast bit is if – the AFL want the all the players and the coaches in the hubs. Don't have the coaches box in the middle of the crowd. There's only like what eight thousand people in a fifty thousand seat stadium. Put the fans not near the coaches box, so it mm. doesn't happen. Is it is it that hard? Well, I don't think they were ever expecting this to happen. Would they like a, a fan and a coach ever like mm. interacting? It would, like that never happens as it is. So and because they cordon it off. You, you would never expect them to interact. So I don't think that was ever really on the cards, was it? Well, no, but uh, what, what if uh, a coach walks down and starts coughing? Ooh. Yep. yep. Ooh, what do we do there? Like, I, I catch the train most days, and when people cough, everyone turns their head, everyone nearly breaks their neck. <laughs> I mean, who was that? So uh, if, you, if you're so worried about the bubble, just have the coaches away from the crowd. It's... I don't know. Just, uh, just, just do it. Maybe um, we've uh, started off this episode with some with some uh, doom and gloom. So I'm I'm going to try and get uh, get a smile on 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 Kempy's <laughs> face here. And uh, it's uh, I saw this this morning. It's uh, from uh, Paul Dowsley. He's a uh, uh, Channel Seven in in Melbourne, and uh, he's uh, he's sort of come up with uh, the absolute opposite to Alana Murphy last week. So we had the, we had the, the Alana Murphy meltdown uh, and uh, Paul Dowsley on Tuesday night come up with this. The man caught here who just wanted a packet of cigarettes. You can imagine now he has a pack of cigar regrets. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yes, I got the laugh. There That's it not is. Bad from Paul. That's not oh, bad. That's not bad. I like so, his work. So Paul Dowsley's uh, little piece to camera. Pass or fast. Oh, that's great. I don't even know what the story is, but it's a pass. It's fantastic. Oh, I love journalism like that. J- Jason, yeah. have you ever had a line like that? Have you ever thought about a line like that? Uh, it's not Dennis Comedyism, isn't put it? Me, put me on the spot. If I if I troll back through the last five years, I, I'm sure I've got one or two. I just can't think of it right now. But yeah, massive pass from Paul Dowsley. I've seen some of his other work, and he's quite he's quite funny. And I like that light hearted sort of sense of humour when you're doing mm. a, a colour story and really want to bring it to life. 
It's a big pass. Oh, there's a lot of passes now. There's a world mm. record for my uh, passes. That, that I saw that this morning. I I laughed so hard my teeth nearly fell out. That's uh, that was uh, that was uh, <laughs> sen- sensational. I, I love that. Uh, and uh, coming from the man who 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 loves a corny headline, that was that was right in my wheelhouse. Oh. I absolutely adored that. No, I loved it. Now, Dale, before you go on, we've got one last one. And I think we should probably do it at the start of every pass or fast from now on because we really we, we put this thing out on on socials. This week and and Jace is the the man who brought this to brought this to light for the first time. Brilliant thought. This is our fan pass or fast, or the public pass or fast. We bring we throw it out to the listener and and those who who want to uh, contribute to the show. And we got two actually. It's the same one, but it's both from um, Aaron Warner and Jeff Albertson, both on uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Both got involved on our on our posts and said this is what we should pass or fast for the week. So Dale. Share away, please, our fans' version of Parcel Fast. Yeah, well, uh, our fans have uh, both uh, have questioned uh, my man, uh, Kane Corns, my, my mentor, and uh, have uh, said uh, pretty much his, uh, his reporting about uh, 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 Max Gorn's uh, treatment by both the Crows and the Power, how polar opposite they are. So uh, in one week when uh, the Power's tactic worked against Max Gorn, whereas the next week uh, when uh, Ned McHenry bullied Max Gorn and it was uh, uh, Kane had a totally different view. So uh, uh, my running mentor, Kane Corns' uh, change of tune, pass or farce? Yeah, this is this is a real interesting one. And he, what, he called it a targeted attack um, on Max Gorn from the Crows and yet... He had a, a a piece that he'd written saying um, there's nothing illegal illegal about the tactics. It's what's made our game great for so long, um, and that people should take a leaf out of Port's book. It's so interesting that you can just backflip like that. So I don't like people being inconsistent. So it's a farce. Yeah, I'm with you, Sam. You've got to one way or the other. You can't have it both ways, and you know have your cake too. So yep. um, you know you've got to either you know call it as it is or don't call it at all. You can't you can't do a backflip in this. And unfortunately, a lot of people decide to do backflips in uh, in uh, some reporting. Sometimes that goes on in the AFL landscape, so it has to be a farce. Yeah, unfortunately, it's a little bit farcical, isn't it, uh, Kane? Like uh, I know, uh, I know, uh, it was a sensational tactic by Port and bullying from the Crows. I can see the whole Port Crows uh, <laughs> angle there, uh, mainly because one worked and one clearly didn't. Uh, so th- th- there's a little bit of uh, polar opposites, but uh, geez, uh, it's a uh, it's a farce. And when you say oh. we should take when you when you say you should take the leaf out of Port's book, and then what a game that's held about a week and a half later by the Crows, they do do exactly that. And then you call it an attack and and, and you're flipping back. I mean, I just don't understand. It's a bit strange. Mm. But, hey, interesting you've fast uh, your man, your running coach, uh, Kane there, Dale. Yeah, no, well, I had to really. It's uh, the, 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 the the proof was uh, the proof was in uh, black and white. But to make sure uh, um, uh, everyone out there, they uh, click on to uh, – Kane's column uh, today on the, the advertiser website. Uh, it is very, very much uh, a must read for mm. Crows fans. Jeez. Okay. Well, make sure you um, obviously send us as well your parcel fasters each week. We're going to get you involved as much as possible. But, boys, it's time to get going. Um, I've got to run. It's uh, getting quite late. But, uh, men, thanks for coming on. We'll chuck the multi up uh, on socials uh, this afternoon before the uh, the power game on Friday. That's going to be uh, probably where our multi lies. 
Well, I can't wait for that because uh, I, I've been uh, I've been stabbed in the back with a multi, so I can't I can't I cannot wait I cannot wait for uh, for for Jace to post it, and uh, I probably won't copy it. But oh. uh, <laughs> see you next week, boys.